Hello and welcome to the Coaching Podcast, coaching for success in sport and business. Your host is Emma Doyle, the energy and high performance under pressure coach who is a world leader in unleashing human potential. Buckle up for this high octane session. Let them have it, coach. G'day, everybody, and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. It is my absolute honor and pleasure today to interview Amanda Walker. She is a certified master coach, business coach, speaker, all sorts of things to do with health, wellness, being a mother, and I love truth teller. We're going to be telling lots of truths here on the Coaching Podcast, and I'm so excited to also be interviewing, she'll be interviewing me as well on her podcast, which is called The Best Damn Coach Podcast. So we're going to be exchanging ideas, talking coaching all day. I'm so excited. Amanda, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to join you and your audience. All right. So first question is, have you been to Australia? And part two of that question is, have you tasted the Australian spread of Vegemite? Okay. No and yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's on our mission. And also um, when I was in elementary school, um, we I had a music teacher and we studied... Um, Oh my gosh, why am I the song uh, come from Land Land Down Down Under? Under. Yes, um, but there was yes, thank you. I couldn't think of it. But there was a succession, and I don't even know how it happened, but we were studying Australia and music, and um our instructor shared that and we did taste it. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember the experience. <laughs> I love that you've given it a go because it is an acquired <laughs> taste. So therefore our follow-up question uh is well for you, because you've answered that way, can you share both a coaching moment that went well? And what were some of the lessons and a coaching moment that didn't go well? And what were some of the lessons? What do you want to start with? Yeah, I'm going to start with the didn't go well, because I do believe that those are actually our greatest teacher instead of the good, the things that do go well. And, and I can think of many. I mean, uh, I've been doing this for a long time. And um, I think um, a recent, I'll go to a, a more recent experience um, in private coaching, one-to-one online coaching. I remember very clearly um, a, a client that I had who um, we just came to this place where any homework tasking, any coaching ses- sessions that um, we were engaging in, she was she was just like not having it. She we had I had a broken rapport really is what it boiled down to at some phase of the game. I had broken rapport with her Uh, hindsight 2020. I didn't really understand um, online rapport as well. I've been running this, you know, version of my business always online, by the way, pre COVID. Um, But it became very clear to me energetically. We weren't a match. Um, And so it was at that moment that that was my first like client I needed to let go of. And it was kind of a mutual like, okay, I'm letting firing you. I'm firing you. It was a mutual like parting of ways. The the reason I think it was so impactful was I I was very personally invested and it was an aha moment for me of realizing what I really wanted um, unconsciously or maybe consciously from clients at that point was I wanted them to like me. And I very much took what was happening inside the coaching container as an assault or just as equally um, a a like at a at a girl on my personal worth and value. And so I realized I had a lot of work to do around uh, dissociating the work I do as as 
as a coach with who I am as a human and my own self-value and um, worthiness. And so I think that was a massive learning and a massive shift for me to break free um, of the attachment to the outcomes I had inside of coaching and also even in sales conversations, right? When we're talking to prospective client on to be just from a place of service and understand there is no personal attack or uh, personal attachment really to anything that comes on those calls. Um, and so that was really, really valuable for me. Mm, thank you for sharing that. To be in service to the process is so important. And, and when we, it's ego, isn't it? Removing our own ego from a situation, inserting ourselves in that. So thank you for, for being vulnerable and, and sharing that. What about on the flip side, a coaching moment that went well? There, those do feel amazing. Um, I mean, top of mind recently has, um, uh, my high level mastermind, we've just come out of a quarter of working on visibility. And so a lot of these ladies are coaches scaling to the six figure mark and beyond. And so one of the strategies, one of the, the chunk that we um, focus on, we focus on different themed quarters is visibility. Um, so I'm just kind of riding the high of just seeing all of them finally just like step into their light and see their expert status and overcome those imposter thoughts about being on podcasts and speaking inside of other communities to really shine you know, a light on the work that they're doing in the world. So, I mean, that's kind of like a mod mashing of a whole bunch of ladies, but um, that's something I've been really excited to watch of late. Mm -hmm. And could you share with us one quick tip on uh, maybe a breakthrough that one of them had to be able to step into their true visibility? Mm -hmm. I think it's, again, going back to the same thing, it's so much of business and, and putting ourselves out there is being unattached to the outcome. It's being able to say, like, this is who I am. This is the work I want to do in the world. And I am just as amazing if you say yes or no. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. um, and once we realize that we can just we just keep like the response, if I if if someone says yes to you to be on a podcast or if someone says no, the response is the same. We just keep moving forward. Right. We just keep pitching more. And so when I can help paint that picture for them, there's usually a little like, ding, you know, light bulb that goes off of like, oh, yeah, like the action for it is the same path. Mm. And I'm sure similar with you, you get a lot of podcast guest requests as I do. And I think. There was one thing in your subject line that stood out, you know, even with a little emoji you had about a statistic that uh, is the reason I clicked on on your email. So fantastic. Great yeah, to know that. So it's all <laughs> the little bits, bits and tricks. All right. Uh, our next question is called the sliding doors question. So, you know, when your life is heading one way and something or someone happens, you end up making that dramatic turn. I'm sure you've had many throughout your, your journey already, but is there one or two sliding doors moments in your life that you could share with us? Yes, there's a lot of sliding door moments. You don't realize they're sliding doors until you can like, you know, look at them from high and above at a safe distance and just be able to see it. Um, I, I think, uh, sliding door moment for me was this is a funny story but it was really pivotal pivotal in my early uh years and it led me to this moment um i was studying to be pre-med uh in grad school or before grad school um in undergrad and i had the like just a great connection with one of our one of our 
professors who invited me to um, be in his office as an intern. And it was a paid internship. So everybody was like, how do you score that? You know, and it was just one of those things. We just connected well. I took an interest in him both professionally and personally. And this is, I don't know, 20 plus years ago. And he allowed me to probably come into a lot of environments that I shouldn't have as a non-certified health professional, but he did it to like really expose me to, I think what I really look at as the monotony of the health world. And he was a family practitioner. And I remember very clearly one time he was, um, he had like an 80 year old male patient in the room and he was looking at his hemorrhoids and I was there assisting him. And it was like that first, like, Oh, okay. We stepped out of the exam room and he just looked at me within a very loving way and was like, I just want to make sure that this is really what you want to spend the rest of your life doing. And man, I thank him so much for that door closing because it was a door closing for me. I realized I was moving towards that profession for the wrong reasons because I was intelligent. I was a woman interested in the sciences. I had, uh, I was driven all these reasons that you should become a physician. And ultimately it wasn't for me. And that's what led me to grad school to go into ultimately teaching. I was a high school teacher for 10 years before opening up my own business. Um, and coaching, right. And continuing the coaching journey. Cause ultimately what I really wanted to do was go teach med students. So why not start doing that now? So that was definitely one moment for me. Mm. Another um, classic example of the importance of a role model, just having you reflect on that one one question, isn't it? Yeah. I know uh, you're into great questions on your website. Uh, mm -hmm. Fantastic to to just help people reflect on what is important to them. I love that and covering your truth, mm, not yeah. just by asking you a question or, or saying that statement that that he said. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, our next question is our guiding question on the podcast. It is in one to a maximum of three words. What do you think makes a great coach? Uh, Self-belief is number one, hands down for me. If I were to add another few words, it would be ability to create results. Okay, I can even give you one more if you want. Self-belief, results, and? Um, and I mean, for me, those two stand out. I, I think confidence is the next one. I mean, that falls under self-belief. And I also think um, like the ability to just hold space and empathize. Mm, yeah. Excellent. And could you now expand on each of those for me? Yeah. I think that self-belief is very overlooked when it comes to the great qualities of a coach. We think externally, like what are they doing for their clients? I think though that it all begins and ends, you know, inside of us. Um, one of the things that I reiterate to my clients often is like, we can only take ourselves or our clients as far as we take ourselves. So if we're not doing the day in and day out self-work, if we're not putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations to learn and grow, learn new no modalities as a coach, you know, pitching ourselves to be out there, then how can I then go ask my clients to model that same behavior? So modeling is key uh, when it comes to coaching. And so self-belief is cultivated, um, I think, uh, from our thoughts, but I'm a huge 
geek on imagery too. Self-belief is also cultivated through the visual practices that we allow and embody, you know, on a consistent basis inside of our mind. And so both of those things should be both a tool for our us, but also to give to our clients to advance, you know, their own self-belief too. Fantastic. And results? I mean, you can learn from the most intelligent people uh, when it comes to, you know, some sort of topic that doesn't always translate to the, uh, of, you know, to an ability of them to articulate how someone else can create that result, right? One of the common mistakes I see in the coaching world is we're really good about talking about our own journey. But my question is, show me the results that you're helping other people get through the journey that you had. Can you take the steps you took and create a modeling pattern or some sort of a framework for other people to be able to emulate that? That is where the real sweet sauce comes from. And so great coaches have an ability to do that. And it doesn't mean you have to have a certification or X years of experience. It truly comes from leaning in and learning how to you know, build the ship as you're sailing it with your client basically riding along with you. Mm, mm, brilliant. And holding space, empathy. I mean, this is two pronged. I do believe there is an element of integrity and in education. That's why the, I run and teach inside our program. So I, I think that education is key. With that said, I don't want to leave out this notion of passion and how important it can be inside the coaching container, because I'll just use myself as an example. Yes, I have lots of certifications, educations around health and fitness, because that's where my coaching you know, world started. And also I lost 70 pounds at one point in my life and have kept that off for many, many, well, for always since that's happened, right? Knowing that and having gone through and been in the trenches with my people, I can offer a level of empathy that had I not been through that experience, I couldn't offer. And so that's why I think it's really amazing that so many coaches are inspired by their own personal journey because it does add value to the coaching container. We just want to make sure that in addition to that, you're adding to your toolbox modalities to help enhance the coaching experience and to be able to offer you know more to your clients as well. Um, so I think there's that sweet sauce of where education meets passion, empathy, that's really where so much good stuff can happen with yeah, clients. Yeah. And just for some of our listeners are uh, sports coaches, and I know you have a background in, in NLP, so I'm loving words like rapport, modeling, modalities. Could you just tell our audience what you mean by modalities? Because some people might not be familiar with. Yeah, with sure. Modalities just is another word for strategies that you use to help your clients get results. Mm -hmm. And so depending on where you were trained at, depending upon, um, you know, your own personal experience and how you were coached, because my coaches that I have coached me have also given me strategies that I then in turn use with my clients as well. So yeah, yeah. thank you. Thanks for, for clarifying. Too. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's, it's so important that we continuously add to our coaching toolkit with modalities and, and strategies um, so that to make that super clear. And it's almost like just by hearing one or two things from you already, people can try them on for themselves, can't they? And then decide what they add in and what works for them and their clients, which which I love. That's coming really 
through in this episode. Yeah. And I think something that's important that I'd love to offer here too, is sometimes we invest in a certification and let's say, let's be real. Like, you know, many of my certifications I've done are 25 K plus it's like going back to grad school um, for that time. And um, you want to make sure a, you vet out the resource and make sure that the institution where you coach from or get your certification is well-known and is a good match for you. But even with that, oftentimes each of these institutions have their own frameworks. Then you get into real life. And sometimes, you know, I find that coaches are trying to use a hammer where your client really needs a screwdriver or a saw where we really need, you know, another tool in the toolbox. And so I think it's important to expand your exposure and know that there's so many cool, you know, tools to use out there and, you know, slowly add to your toolbox. You don't need them all at the same time you know, practice one, find one, learn one and, and go out and deliver. And then you're going to see the gaps. You're going to go, Oh yeah. Like I want more of that. I want to add more of this thing into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I, I love that our audience is both sport and business coaches. We bring that sport perspective of coaching and, and like you say, that teaching aspect, which is your background. And then we bring in the business coaching a- aspect, which you know, and wherever that sweet spot is will be different for different people. But I just, I love that that's what one of our uh, missions here on the coaching podcast. So thank you for singing to our mission. Yeah, I'm an athlete my whole life. So I definitely, um, I definitely align to understanding too, like cues, even in coaching, you know, I coached CrossFit for many years, but I could go and teach someone how to back squat and use my words, but then a coach could come in next to me in the next class and see that the same athlete and they could mention the cue in just a subtly different way that it lands and resonates, you know, with a coach differently. So there's, you know, so, so many important aspects of understanding there's onion layers to pull back you know when it comes to absolutely as shrek would say uh, us humans are just like ogres we have lots and lots of layers true um we're gonna i think i'm i'm sensing this episode's gonna have a you know the music to men at work at the start and then we <laughs> throw in maybe the shrek point. i don't think i've ever sang on a podcast until today that was my oh. very weak attempt to remember this song <laughs> All right. The next question is where we asked you to ask us a question. So, you know, when you get a chance to meet other really successful coaches and business entrepreneurs, what's that one question that sparks Amanda Walker's curiosity? Um, I like to know number one tip they would offer to help uh, heighten client results. Like what's the one thing they do in their coaching practice that they feel really creates results with clients. Mm, fantastic. I think maybe I might flip that question back on you for the end of the episode, but okay, now, I'll take now it. I, I get to go rogue. <laughs> we are, there are our official questions over, over with, so I get to go rogue. So let's, let's turn back the clock. Let's talk about you as an athlete. Uh, tell me who was five-year-old Amanda and what did you want to be and what sport did you get into first and and maybe also a coaching role model you had as someone when you were growing up? Well, I was a dancer, which if you knew me now, my, my adult friends, like you were a dancer, Uh, but I did, I danced competitively for, from five until 12, until I discovered team sports, specifically basketball. And I was just consumed with a passion for it. Um, And so I fell in love with that very quickly. And that became my sport of choice until um, college. 
and um, played competitively, loved it. Um, I mean, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that Michael Jordan wasn't uh, an influence and his magic was pretty amazing. Um, but I also loved the likeliness. I loved Grant Hill. I was a UNC fan, um, but I definitely was very much into basketball. And um, I I probably one of the I, I have very few regrets, but one of them was not playing collegiate basketball. I had offers mm -hmm. to play, but I felt honestly burnt out by then. Um, I went in kind of hard playing year round. And by the time freshman year of college rolled in, I had academic opportunities. Um, and so I went I went in and played intramural intramural basketball and it was great because there's no pressure and honestly I played some of the best basketball of my life then mm -hmm. um and that was like oh dang I wished I would have but um coaching basketball was also my first coaching experience mm -hmm. um at 15 I was coaching peewee basketball and that led to a really cool opportunity I worked for the WNBA when they first opened up they brought in um like 15 teenage girls to coach some of the um at-risk youth programs, um, specifically as a leader to young ladies that were, you know, fifth and sixth grade. And we got to go down to the professional arena. We got to meet NBA players, WNBA players, people in the league. It was a super cool experience at the time, but um, that was kind of my world. And now mm -hmm. transition to now, um, you know, athletically, I I am a runner, but most importantly, I've just like, and since I had kids fell in love with CrossFit because it holds that like a athletic game gut kind of feeling vibe so that's kind of where athletics is yeah, for me now yeah so let's let's take a a basketball coach that has just given their team a big spray and they're passionate and they've just gone down that road of saying you didn't do this you didn't do that rah rah versus everything that you learned when you decided to become a business coach or a you know, health and wellness coach first and foremost, what are some of the differences and what are some of your insights having experienced, and I don't know if you potentially lived that experience, but we see it a lot on TV, the, the basketball animated coach. What are some of your insights in, the, in, in reflecting on those two different practices? A few things come to mind. I think that... Um... When we really look at emotion and feeling, um, I think there's a lot of amazing coaches that have well, great intentions and they're unable to make their decisions in coaching um, without emotion, right? So it gets clouded in there because they haven't, and from my perspective, done a lot of the self-work necessary to understand effective coaching, right? There's some that are just amazing at, I think the most amazing coaches know the sport, no matter what it is, tennis, basketball, CrossFit, they know the sport, but more importantly, they know the art of people and the art of understanding how humans really interact. One of the things that was really just like at its core that I really have um, that CrossFit coaching CrossFit helps me understand is like the mind does not accept cues and suggestions when it's under stress and in fight or flight. So if I'm trying to coach my athlete while they're in the middle of a high intensity workout, they're just thinking about surviving. If I'm a, trying to correct their power clean form, they're not going to remember any of that. Right. And the same is true of, um, coaching, you know, you know, in business coaching, if somebody's in the midst of a freaking launch and they're like panicked, it's like, we got to pull them out of that, right? And get back into their body, get back into a, a, a place that they can accept suggestion and be willing or and, and be able to transfer it, right? So we want to 
teach technique and we want to teach those things outside of launch time, right? So that when they're in launch time, the memory patterns or the, the muscle memory is there to go out and, and coach themselves. And so that, that was a huge learning for me um, just in sports and that I see, you know, my kids coaches, I have, you know, a teenager and a 10 year old and they both play competitive sports and I see that error and it's just, you don't know what you don't know, right? It's no, not to criticize, but you don't know what you don't know. And um, the more you learn, the more, uh, the more you have to offer to your clients or to your team or whoever you're coaching, that's effective. So it's working smarter and not harder. Mm. And I think that's especially a great message for any parents listening that are potentially coaching their kids sports as well. When having strategies and modalities again, to be able to not get swept up in the emotion so that the decisions are, become clouded. That's a, such a, a critical message. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And time and place, isn't it? When we insert the teaching element is all about that, that periodization of when, when and where to say to say something. So um, so you started at your coaching in health and wellness. Uh, and tell me about um, sort of that experience. What did you specifically sort of specialize in? And more recently, the switch. Could you give us the, another sliding doors moment? Yeah, sliding doors. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I, I, after having two kids, had kind of landed in a place where I think a lot of women feel very uh, similar. I've lost kind of connection to who I was as as a woman. I was in a body I had no idea like existed. And I decided at that point to you know, go all in on regaining that sense of, you know, I would say external um, validation for myself uh, around um, my body. And so I went on a weight loss journey myself. And through that uh, was a catalyst. People just started saying, can you help me? I've watched your journey. And I kind of call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I left teaching to be home with my kids, knowing that there was something else in my path. I just didn't at that moment know what it was. And so I started supporting people in weight loss specifically. And I loved that. And also I very quickly saw that the reason people struggle with food has nothing to do with the food. And so that really piqued my curiosity around diving more into life coaching, more modalities of one-to-one -one work, starting to fill that again, toolbox. Um, and over time, you know, my own business success led people to come to me and again, ask, can you help me build this business? I'm watching you from afar. Um, you're getting these results. And so I never sought out to necessarily do that. It organically happened. And in doing that, though, I was like, this is amazing. Like these women are motivated. It kind of brought back a little bit of that um, athletic spirit that I felt in some women. And don't get me wrong, many of my health and weight loss clients and wellness clients had that as well. Um, but, you know, it takes some grit to run a business and be in a position to put yourself out there. And so organically, that evolved over the years and have been coaching in business and, um, uh, and also other service providers who wanted to grow an online business. However, it was months back. Um, I got an email from an email list from a, that I subscribed to. And, and she asked a question, if you weren't chasing the money and you weren't chasing like the, the monotony of something you built, would you be doing what you were doing in your business right now? And it was like, no, 
I have been exhausted from speaking to two ideal clients. The health and wellness content is very different than the business content that I was curating. I was speaking to both missions on my podcast and it was going well. I mean, I'm not going to lie that my husband was like, you're going to shut down this side of your business. Like there's, there's a lot of profit there. There's a lot of money flowing in. And I said, I feel you. And I can't, I can't keep doing both because I'm really doing both like not halfway. I was like 80%, but I want to be all in on this one thing and have just complete clarity. Um, and so that was like shoop, sliding door. I made a decision literally the midst of our last, you know, a, a launch um, of a program the last time we opened it. Um, and I told my team, Hey, this is it. They're like, what are you talking about? We've just been like doing all this work. I was like, yeah. So here's the thing. And they all got it, honestly. I mean, they're on my team. They didn't have a choice to really, I, I knew what I wanted. Um, but we decided that would be the last time we opened, uh, we opened the doors to our signature program called feel amazing naked. And it was the best decision, you know, that I feel like I felt immediately reinvigorated inside of business. And, um, that's led me to, you know, cultivate our best, the, the best damn coach, which is our signature program where we're working with coaches of various modalities to just be better coaches, to really examine their coaching practices and also the business side of things. Cause I know like, that's also what we're here to do is to, to build, you know, profitability. Um, and so, yeah, that that's led me to now. Mm. And specifically, do you work, uh, with mainly female coaches or women? In coaching I tend, or? yeah. I mean, I'm open. Um, I tend to attract, you know, female coaches and also typically women, uh, or mothers, um, because I do talk and speak a lot to just the, 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 the rhythm, I will call it instead of balance that exists between motherhood and entrepreneurship. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of, I just want coaches to feel so confident and their expertise and to not do it blindly, um, uh, but to do it with integrity and to know that there is a vast, uh, there, there is a t- lots of tools out there and you don't have to go get 900 certifications to feel ready to coach. Um, but I like to share snippets of those tools that are really valuable for them to, um, incorporate into their own practice. Yeah. Fantastic. And what would you say is the biggest challenge facing, uh, business coaches today? Cause you know, as we know, it's an industry that is widely growing, uh, and it's only going to continue to grow, I believe. Uh, what do you think will be the next challenges facing business coaches in the next, in the coming years? I mean, specifically business coaches, I think you have to set, you have to really, um, the challenge is there's many of us so that the market is saturated and that's just the problem with coaching in general. Um, and I don't really actually see it as a problem. I see it as an opportunity to really lean into being authentic and speaking your truth and how you facilitate business coaching. For me, I'm very passionate about, I do not have the right answer for my people. I will help you with accountability. I will help you show, see your blocks internally. And ultimately the the most sustainable way to build a business is to make the decisions for yourself so that you don't get three years in and go, shoot, how'd I get here? None of this feels like congruent for me. Um, so I, you know, I, I think the, the answer or the opportunity for us as 
you know, those working in the business coaching space is to showcase the results that we're able to help our clients have. Because ultimately, you know, when we're looking at selecting any product or service, you know, if I'm on Amazon and I'm going to purchase something, the first place I go to is reviews. And I teach my people the same practice. Um, So if I have those reviews readily available so people can see the work that I do along with my clients, then that's going to withstand the test of time. I call it a confidence trigger list. When your threshold is challenged and I and w- when we're entrepreneurs, it's all, it's challenged frequently to just have that confidence trigger list of, of your reviews, of your testimonials, of people that uh, said, when I started working with you, I, I was here and now I'm now I've moved to here. So I it's it's great advice. Let's go now into your um, background in, in NLP. Uh, NLP can get a bad rap. Uh, I'm can. so an NLP yep. uh, practitioner. So excellent. Yeah, um, big fan of a lot of what you're saying. So, could you share, you know, when you did it? Why did you do NLP? And what is what is NLP? And how does it help coaches? Yeah, I mean NLP. I mean, like, yeah, on the surface, it it stands for neuro linguistic programming. But what I define it as is, I feel that it is a technique that helps my clients trust themselves, um, and tap into the resources that the mind and the body already have at their disposal that they may not even know exists. Because that's how I felt when I started. Um, learning and studying NLP, I went in skeptical, right? Um, And I mean, let's just call it what it is. People call it a pseudoscience. People call it all these things. Um, And I'm fine with that because ultimately I can't, I'm not here to convince anybody of something that doesn't feel congruent for them. But all I say is just like any modality, go out and be open to the possibilities of progress and growth and transformation from it. And so in my first experience with it, I was like, what? This is mind blowing. Wow. Um, And so a lot of the take homes for me are just how to weave in imagery into, you know, into coaching more and to help people see that the mind communicates in pictures. And if you're not tapping into that resource, I just think you're, you're, full potential is limited. So if I can expose them and use quick techniques to help them tap into that, and then it becomes a convincer for themselves. I don't even need to say, and most of my clients don't even know I'm using NLP strategies with them, not because I don't disclose it. It just, it doesn't matter. I'm not here saying, I'm going to use this tool where I learned from this thing and this tool where, and this tool I made up myself, but it's really good. Like I don't, they just care about the result. They just want you to go from the pain cave to the paradise of possibilities. And that's our job as coaches. Um, and NLP has just been a great addition to already existing strategies that I've used. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic language in there (laughs) to round it off. I, I, I'm going to share, um, your I'm going to share my answer to your your question for the podcast and then and then I'd love yours and I'm going to only go first because of what you just said then and that is the number one secret sweet source that I love to share with my clients is when they get that picture of where they want to be is that that feeling of anchoring that physically into a trigger such as the thumb the index finger and the, the middle mm-hmm. finger coming together the heart the the the, uh, the heart the head and the gut 
and just anchoring that and anchoring those feelings of where they want to be so that they can live that today is by far something that all of my clients walk away with. Anchoring an affirmation to keep you in the present, to hold the space for you to live it now like it's the future that you want is by far the, the number one secret source that I use within my coaching. And I love it. I don't think I've ever shared that on the podcast before. Cool. No we can geek it out there. together. And yeah. I love anchoring so, and there's so many ways to, yeah. to, you know, various things to anchor in that are so Correct. powerful. Correct. So um, to round it off, Amanda, what's your secret source? I think the one, um, I mean, all the NLP modalities are all amazing tools, but one of the things that I think is overlooked is tasking at the end of any coaching session. Um, and this is a non-negotiable for me personally is at the end of every session, we round out and we collaboratively agree upon the action steps that the client's going to take along with a due date, um, to go out and solidify the new neurology, right? Because action strengthens belief. So if we're just in a coaching session and we're talking about these things, and this isn't like to, to, to discredit therapy, uh, traditional therapy practices, because I think there's a place for that as well. But I do think that's missing. The potency of possibility in those sessions is missing. And this is where coaching, I think, offers an extra layer of support is from those sessions, we agree upon, okay, how are you going to go take action? All this work that we just did, how are you going to go solidify and put yourself in an opportunity to feel those new feelings, to take those new actions, to embody what the result is you want to become? And for me, that's a non-negotiable with coaching. In fact, my clients who I support agree from the beginning that if the tasking isn't complete by the due date or by the next session, then the next session doesn't happen. And when we meet back up, I'm just like, all right, we're, you know, this, I'm going to give you this space to go take the action because I want to see, you know, that you are willing to do, you know, whatever feels, and this isn't me forcing homework on anyone that's us deciding together. So the client is basically choosing their own action steps that are right for them, which again, solidifies self-belief. Um, and that to me is an untapped resource. Well, uh, practice two in my new book, What Makes a Great Coach, is belief. So cool. thank you for reinforcing yeah, the practice perfect. of self-belief. And the more we have that within ourselves, the more we can help others. We can walk our talk. Amanda, I don't know what the through line of this episode is going to be. There's so many gold <laughs> moments. Awesome. Um, action, action strengthens belief. That could be it. But uh, please, everybody, Remember to reflect on your own self-belief, look at the results to solidify that belief and build confidence so that you can have the empathy to hold space for one another. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being on the Coaching Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. The Coaching Podcast is sponsored by Transition Coach for Athletes, a global coaching, mentoring, and U.S. placement service. The service helps athletes navigate the often challenging world of choosing your best college fitness performance. Visit www.transitioncoachforathletes.com. That's the number four. If you, company, are interested in sponsoring the Coaching Podcast, reach out to info at emmadoyle.com.au